0: John chapter 8, beginning at verse 12, just, just verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we desperately ask now that you would come and attend your word, both in the reading of it and in the preaching of it, that it would be attended with your power, Lord, to break up fallow ground in hearts, hardness and rebellion, would you bring the softness of conviction that leads to grief and repentance and faith. Pray that your word would be attending, attended with your spirit's power to accomplish your will in each heart of your children, that they would be transformed and made more like Christ by the means of your word. Would you grant us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts that are softened, to your touch. And Father, I now pray that whatever proceeds from this mouth that is not of you would fall to the floor and remain unheard, for the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Lord Jesus, you said heaven and earth may pass away, but your word will never pass away. So Lord, would you speak apart from you? We can do nothing. We need you, and we need you to speak. Father in heaven, speak. Your children are listening. Have mercy in the name of Christ. Amen. You may be seated. I know I've told you before about the, the darkest moment of my life. And by darkest moment, I don't mean like most sad or depressing or down in the dumps or everything was collapsing on me. I've had those two and I know you have, but I mean like literally, literal darkness. Uh, We were on a uh, mission trip when I was in, I think it was middle school or high school, and we went up and we would always stop and do things as a youth group. And so we stopped at one of the caverns in, I think it was in Virginia. Uh, there's Luray Caverns and Shenandoah Caverns. There's different caverns, right? You understand what I mean? Caverns like a, like a cave. I don't know why they call it fancy. It's a cavern. I don't know. It's a cave. There. I didn't see any trolls. I saw a blind fish. It's interesting. Okay. Anyways, we digress. Um, but you you walk down the stairs and whatever. I can't remember what caverns it was. And there was there were lights, right? They had gone through and done the wiring and put the lights in so you could see. And they lit up some of the um, the stalactites and the stalagmites, right? Stalagmites grow from the bottom, stalactites grow from the ceiling. Here's your uh, geology lesson for today. It's free, free of charge. Um, But you had different, you know, all of this was formed by water seeping through the rock over years and years and years. And so uh, it would grow and, and minerals and whatever else was in the water would be Slowly deposited to make all of these various figures. So you had things that looked like waterfalls, and you had things that looked like two fingers that were growing toward one another. That eventually they they touch and they begin to grow from there as they more other whatever minerals calcium I don't know what's in there. Anyways, um, but they said okay now everybody while we're on this tour and it's magnificent this underground world I find it fascinating. Um, we've been to Mammoth Cave as well, which is in Kentucky. It's um, this wasn't Mammoth Cave, but they uh, said, everybody put your hand on the wall. And so everybody put your hand on the wall and then they turned out the light. They flipped the switch. And I mean, dark, y'all. I mean, some of you know, some of you have been in the caverns, they've done it. Some of you are into like spelunking. The only person I know who does that kind of stuff is Jeff over here, right? But it's crazy. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, so, you know, it just, if you maybe you've been, maybe experienced this, maybe you haven't, but, but I mean, it's not like, Hey, you walk out in the, the pitch black night dark, but there's a, it's a different darkness underground. I mean, I literally, none of this, I couldn't, it was nothing. It was, it was terrifying. Honestly, I, I had this immediate panic of what do I do? This is, I didn't have a cell phone. Uh, this is before I'm that old, right? I didn't have that kind of stuff, that kind of technology in my pocket. What do I do if they don't turn the lights back on? How will I get my way out of here? I had this moment of panic. Uh, and so then every time from then on, I started carrying a flashlight in my pocket because I was like, (laughs) I was a, I was a good boy scout. Be prepared. Um, but there was a, just a thickness of darkness. That enveloped us. And we could hear, and they, you know, they, they, they let us sort of cook in it for a minute. Let us sweat. Uh, and I, you know, I, I remember some tears being shed by other people. Other, not other people. Uh, in, seriously, but I was pretty close. But, you know, there's, there's that moment. It, was, it, was, it felt like it was like probably 30 seconds. I mean, it's not. Uh, so they flipped the lights back on. Everything's fine. We went and saw all the, you know, all the other stuff. You know, this thick darkness. When God creates the world in the beginning of the Bible, do you remember the first thing that he says? Let there be light. That God's word penetrates the the nothingness of non-creation. The nothingness of non-creation. It's not just that God is in the dark and He speaks out into space and time, but He speaks out reality. He utters out existence. And the first principle of that is light. That God creates the heavens and the earth ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. There's not a a pile of universe substance that God draws from to put together to make things, but He speaks from within His very being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternally triune. He speaks into non-creation, and as He does so, creation. And the beginning principle of creation is light. Let there be light. We read in Proverbs chapter 8 of the master builder, God with wisdom by his side. That by means of wisdom, God is creating. So we have light. Do we have wisdom. Another way of translating wisdom, or when the, the Hebrew Bible was translated into the Greek, they would use a word called logos, which we know as word. But that word is very significant in John's Gospel. John chapter 1, verse 1, the apostle inspired by the Holy Spirit says, in the beginning was the Word, was the Logos. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So the gospel writer is attributing to Jesus Who later on in chapter one, we learn that the word is Jesus, the word becomes flesh and dwells among us and we have beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten God. So that Christ, the son is present and so when Jesus here says, I am the light of the world, there is a hearkening back, especially as he's speaking to Pharisees and Jewish hearers. There's a hearkening back, not just for us, the readers in John's gospel, but there's a looking back to the let there be light moment. Because when he says, I am, remember, he is <clears throat> he's identifying himself with Yahweh with the God of the Old Testament. He's identifying himself with the same Lord, not with, but as the same Lord that led the people of Israel out of Egypt who appeared to Moses in the burning bush. You could even say it's probable that all of these appearances of someone like God in the Old Testament may very well be pre-incarnate appearances of the sun. You think Moses in the burning bush, you could think about Joshua in the, when he meets the commander of the Lord's armies. I believe it's at the end of Joshua chapter 5. And he falls down in worship. Every time an pr- individual falls down in worship to an angel, the angel cor- corrects them. Joshua is not corrected. But he says on his face, the one who appears in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego after Nebuchadnezzar gets so furious with them that he casts them in and they look in and they see another. They threw in three and there were four. Could very, could very well be. I'm not going to definitively say, but I'm going to say could very well be these pre-incarnate appearances of Christ, who is the light of the world. He says, I am. There are seven of these in John's Gospel. If I didn't say that last week, we talked about I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. We'll get into I am the gate or the door of the sheep. For the sheep, I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. I am. And there are other places where Jesus uses the same phrase, I am. Most notably, if you were to go, as I read this this morning in my Bible reading in John chapter 19, at Jesus's betrayal, 18 or 19, at Jesus's betrayal. And they said they come into the garden and they're looking for him. And he says, I am your English translation. It supplies a he I am he. But he uses the same phrase, ego, a me. And you know, you remember what they do in the garden in John's gospel? They withdraw and they fall down. There's a clear identification in John's gospel between when Jesus says, I am or ego, a me. When he says that phrase, John is saying, Jesus is God. So anytime somebody says, where does the Bible say? Or Jesus never says, "There." It's it's not it's dishonest at the very best. I am the light of the world. So there's creational light. John picks up this picture in John chapter one. As I've already mentioned, the word became flesh, and the flesh. I mean that's verse fourteen. The word was was God was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. All thing, everything that exists, John says exists because of not just the Father, but exists because of the Son. It's all made through Jesus, the Son, or the eternal Son, the pre-incarnate Son. And then in verse 9, he has this imagery of light again in John chapter 1. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But there is a true light which gives light to everyone that was coming into the world. Because everything is made through Jesus, the Son. Everything is made through the second person of the Trinity. Everything that exists ultimately points back to Him. From the Grand Canyon to the caverns underneath the earth that today are dark and undiscovered. To the bottom of the Mariana Trench and to the top of Mount Everest. All of this is made through the sun and points not just to the glory of some indistinguishable God but to the specificity of the triune God because it points to Christ. And that's even more true of you and me. We're made bearing, carrying the image of God. We're made in the image of God, and because you're made in the image of God, there is a part of There is a a piece of you or even the, the whole of you that's meant and designed. Not just to reflect back that there's a God who made the heavens and the earth and he's big and he's out there. Something that so many cultures around the world could get behind. Conceptually. No, dear one. You are made to reflect the glory of the triune living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is the light of the world that gives light to every person. And so there's a sense in which even now for some who are in rebellion to God, there's a sense in which God's existence, not just I'm not just talking broad, theistic God, but the Christian God is unavoidable for you. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1. Although they knew God, although they knew Him, there is a knowledge of God that is carried by every single person. People are not ignorant in the sense that they have no concept Even people born in other countries, in other cultures, under other religious majorities. Jesus is the true light that gives light to every person. And yet every person in sin does their best to suppress that truth in unrighteousness, the Apostle Paul says. Scripture says. Rather than turning to the light and seeing the light and understanding how this world ultimately is and is meant to function. How you're meant to be in it. Sinful humanity would rather tamp down that truth. Closing their eyes to the light of the world and run to the darkness. And for some of you, that might be very well where you are today. You have closed your eyes to the light that you already know. And you've spent your life up until this point trying to convince yourself and trying to convince everyone else around you that that light isn't actually the light. And that this over here is actually the light, whether that be another religion, whether that be some new age spirituality, maybe that's another idol that you've propped up, or maybe you've fallen for the Western lie that there is a enlightenment in men and women's intellect and reason that's going to shed light into this world. Whatever the, the substitute is, it is a lesser light of a lesser glory because you are trying to close your eyes to the only true God, and His name is Jesus. I am the light of the world. Our darkness is not just the darkness of a cavern. the lights would be easy to switch on. This self-imposed darkness is a moral darkness. It's a moral darkness in which we happily turn away from God, turn away from Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we fall into the lie of the evil one and blind our eyes I'm sure you know John 3.16. I hope you know John 3.16. For God so loved the world, right? Okay, that part? That he gave his only son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, great, good job. Gold stars. Later in that passage, verse 19, so a few verses later, and Jesus says, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Who's the light of the world? Jesus. The light has come into the world. The light who shines in everyone. In a sense. Not as a divine spark or a divine participation. But only in Christ do you make sense. And only in Christ does this world make sense. The light has come into the world. And then notice what happened. And people loved The darkness rather than the light. Why did they love the darkness rather than the light? Why would they love their sin? Why would they love their idols? Why would they love their self-righteousness? Why would they love to serve their reason or whatever other lesser light they believe they're serving? Why would they love such things when the light of the world is right before you? Because their works were evil. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Do you see the language of love and hate? This is not just an intellectual endeavor. Your dear one, if you are rejecting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, it is not because you don't have enough evidence in front of you. It's not because God has not said enough or shown you enough. It is not God's fault. It is yours. It's not an intellectual thing. It's that you've loved other things more. You've loved yourself more. You've loved your sin more, more devastatingly. They loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The only way that people who have... This is a moral darkness that corrupts us totally. It doesn't mean that we're as bad as we could be, but it means that there's no arena of our life that is not touched by sin. The darkness of our deeds has created a hatred in our hearts and a blindness in our minds. Do you understand? They love their wicked deeds. Sin. They hated the light. You see, head, heart, hands involved. There's no piece of us that's left untouched and uncorrupted by Sin. Your heart is not left uncorrupted. Your mind is not left uncorrupted. Your will is not left uncorrupted. It doesn't mean, again, you're not as bad as you could be. But it means that there's every arena of your life has been marked by the shade, the darkness of rebellion against God and turning away from the light. So that your life looks, rather than the sun at noonday, made in the, for the glory of God to reflect back the glory of God. your life appears as a solar eclipse, dark where there should be light. And some of you have know this right now, and you've never stepped out of this darkness. You love this darkness. You love the darkness that tells you that you're it and that you can serve yourself. You love the darkness that tells you that you have enough logical capacity to say no to the things of God. All the while deluding yourself about the nature of your own life and the world around you. But the only way that you step out of this darkness is not just an intellectual switch. It's not just that you're going to start doing different things. It's not just that you're going to somehow start loving something else as though love were that easy. Neither is it solely, barely, independently, a movement of your own will. Because if the will isn't darkened, then the will must be transformed. And if the will is going to be transformed, the nature has to be transformed, the very composition of who you are. That's why in that very passage in John chapter three, Jesus came to Nicodemus and he said, you must be born again. At the end of the passage that I read from John chapter three, they would begin to do the right things to show that their works were really wrought or done in God so that God is the fountain of good works. God is the fountain of grace for your faith. And for salvation. For every expression of faithfulness of Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And that light must dawn by the sovereign power of God in your heart. He is the one who must break the grasp of sin's darkness. He is the one who must open up your blinded eyes. He is the one who must enlighten you. Not only conquering your own sin and hardness, but he is the one who must conquer Satan who blinds the eyes of the unbelievers today. We need the light of Christ or we will live in darkness. Not just underground darkness, but moral darkness leading to eternal darkness separated from the radiant light of God. The Apostle Paul addresses some of these things in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which is, verse 6 is just awesome. He says, Therefore having this ministry, ministry of the new covenant, by the mercy of God we do not lose heart, but we have Renounce disgraceful, underhanded ways, we refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the light of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the the minds of the unbelievers to keep them, Notice what Satan would have you not see this morning. You might be seeing a million things. But here's the thing that Satan would have you not see. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. With ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake, for God who said, let there be light, let sh- light shine out of darkness, referring to creation, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you, there's a lot there This is wonderful. Satan would have you not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, And we need the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And notice the the power that's necessary. If it is Satan who's blinding your eyes, if it's an immortal fallen angel and all of his demonic hosts that are invested in closing your eyes, what must the power be to open them? It is not your own. It must be his. We need him who said, let there be light, who spoke into the non-creation and there was creation, who spoke into nothing and everything came to be. That's the same power that's at work in your heart. The one who said, let the light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts. Not only do we need the dawn of a new day, but we need the same power of god that brought the heavens and the earth to be we need that power to bring us to life and to open our sin and darkened hearts minds and lives the light the glory of god in the face of jesus christ he is the radiance the writer of hebrews says the radiance of the glory of god So in your darkness, maybe today, maybe today's the day when you've been in the the bottom of the cavern. And you have built your stronghold of darkness. You've built it by loving sin, loving rebellion, loving being your own captain, your own king, your own queen. And maybe today by God's grace. He's coming and flipping the light on so that you might see the light, the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And dear one, when that light comes on, when the light of Christ shines in our hearts, sin begins to, we see it for what it is, paltry, puny, small, unsatisfying and we would see the glory of god in the face of jesus and we do that today as paul says elsewhere through a glass dimly christ has entered in our hearts by the power of the spirit and we've cried out to him to save us and he has and he lives within us So much so that Scripture now identifies you, Christian, as the light of the world. Shining like lights in a corrupt and perverse generation, Apostle Paul says to the Philippians, chapter 2. But there will be a day. There will be a day when the glass that we see through dimly will be removed. We will tread through the Jordan River. Walking through the gate of death or either their Lord's return. And we will see him. So much as we can. With all of the redeemed and renewed and glorified sensibilities that we will have at that day. We will see him. Today, and I would to God that we would see Him together. That you will not remain in darkness if you are there today. But would you come to Jesus and live to know the light of the glory of the Gospel, of Jesus? To know the face of Christ shining in your hearts through faith by grace. And to have the sure and steady hope. We will end up in. The new heavens and the new earth. And the new Jerusalem together. No longer dependent upon exterior lighting. Interior lighting. No longer even dependent upon the light of the sun. But in that day we will have for our light the glory of God. We will be so enveloped in the very presence of God. God that we will see by means of His glory. So in this day, what should you then do? How then should you live? Well, one, as I've already been poking at, step out of darkness, come to the light. No longer delude yourself. No longer allow sin to deceive you. See that Jesus is the light of the world. It is an exclusive light and there is no other light by which you can see things rightly. Confess Him as Lord and come to Him and live. Christian, as the light of the world, as the Apostle Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter 5 of Ephesians, of the book of Ephesians, you are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You have a new identity, though you still struggle with sin. That is not who you are. You are children of God and the light of Christ has shown in you. Live like it. Live like a saint, not to earn something, but because you've been given everything. Walk as children of the light. Shine like lights in the world. Even as the world loves darkness. And if the world loves darkness, that means the world hates the light. We just saw in John chapter 3. And if the world hates the light, the world will hate the bearers of the light. The world will hate you. The servant, Jesus says, is not above his master. The disciple is not greater than his master. The world hated me, Jesus says. The world will hate you. But let them hate. We will walk in the light. So long as we have breath in our lungs, we will be light in a sin and darkened world. For some, some will turn from the darkness and come to the light. Let's pray. Father, I pray that I pray that you would have mercy that you would crack the hearts of those who love darkness of those who love their sin more than you, would you give them grace to call out upon Jesus by your power, open their eyes, and Lord, we thank you that even as we have been co- we your children have confessed Christ, believed upon him by the power of your grace we 've known your light, even now we In this world, still struggle, we still sin, we still turn away. Lord, would you forgive us and give us a fresh vision of the glory of God in the face of Jesus? And that we would be more engrossed and enthralled with Christ than ever before. And that we would order our days, our lives, our homes, our workplaces, our time, our money in your light. As children of light. Lord, you are the light of the world, Lord Jesus. Would you shine? We pray this in your name. Amen. She stayed.